The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from Dallas Cowboys Training Camp in Oxnard, California. Streaks in! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you for one final time to... Not so sunny, Oxnard, <laughs> California, as we have an overcast day today, and the Cowboys have wrapped up their final padded practice of training camp 2023, and we're about to talk about just how intense, just how chippy it was on the field here in Oxnard. Alongside Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We have a very special guest. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys. One of one of the fam, one of the family yes, members of Talking Cowboys, line. the blood. Patrick Nosey Walker, welcome back, my friend. Hey, it's good to be back, even if it's only for uh, this first segment. We have uh, our guy Nick, Nick Eatman is going to tag in for the second segment, but that's because... What uh, about the, the third segment? What are we doing in the third segment? Well, you know, that's between you, Beamer, and Mr. Harris here. <laughs> well, what you don't know is that we're actually going to take you hostage. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. no we, we spoke about this. <laughs> is it a hostage situation if I allow it? Oh, so... Hear that. Yeah. Hear that break, fam. Yeah, there Hear you go. that break, fam. Somebody type D-E right now. Derek at the moment. Yeah, Derek's over there. His his Peter Tingle is going off right now. He's like, wait, what? He's like, a spidey sense. I should probably turn, tune in to talk to the Cowboys. <laughs> it's like Verlander wanting to go back oh, to no. the Astros. I, like, deep down yeah. inside, he wanted to go yeah. back. We're back. If only no, for I right now. I can't stand the Astros. We're That's back. a great reference. Yeah. Very well. Back with my Media. brother. Shout out to Isaiah Stanback, who had a birthday on yesterday. Yes, sir. So, talking about blood and bloodline, that is our guy right there, Isaiah. Um, can't wait to get back uh link with you guys next week when we're back in Frisco. But yeah, happy belated birthday to Isaiah Stanback who uh who turned uh, yesterday. 30. Yeah. <laughs> 30. <laughs> turned 30 yesterday. He'll be in Seattle. So yeah, we could link up with him Seattle. Yeah, he will. Of course he will. Yeah, back back at his hometown for <laughs> his birthday Seattle. weekend. So that could that could be trouble. That could be trouble on the way. <laughs> uh speaking of trouble, a couple Cowboys kind of got into not not trouble, but they they were very active, let's say, in their final padded practice on Wednesday. Uh, multiple times in the practice, the physicality was ramped up. You could see the intensity. I mean, there was no lapse all the way through of, of physicality uh, through that, that padded practice yesterday. And it was honestly, uh, and, and I said this on Nick's show yesterday, Storyline, it was one of my favorite padded practices Facts to cover as a part of the Cowboys because there was just so much intensity, mm. including the two scuffles that ended up happening. Nick, what were your thoughts on what happened yesterday? Yeah, it's really funny because we were talking to Mike McCarthy. I think it was in the walk-off yesterday. And um, we were like, you know, there hasn't really been any fights or any, you know, a really big um, – extracurriculars during <laughs> during training camp jinx and he was like yeah you know we, you know we're still competing at a really high level blah 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 well it ended up boiling over yesterday and he, he came over to the media uh, right over here in the end of the end zone yesterday and he was like you guys planted this you, this is on you guys and uh, it was kind of in a joking matter but uh yeah the, the the physicality finally boiled over yesterday uh it was good to see a couple of guys specifically get involved in that mm-hmm. a tyler biotish mm-hmm. uh just because you you, you want to see him a defending his boy and brock hoffman and then B, he was in every single scuffle that was imaginable. I, I, I imagine myself to be a Tyler Biotish in those situations. Just like, oh, there's hands being thrown? Where, where's it at? Go Let's time. go. Let's go. So, uh, no, it was fun to see those guys get after it, even if it is, you know, um, cowboy on cowboy, cowboy crime at times. But, man, that, that, just, that just shows the intensity. That shows the competitive level at the end of the day. And I really love what J. Ron Kerr said at the, at, at, at the end of practice. Mm-hmm. He said, we don't take no shh from anybody. <laughs> All 32 teams – you can uh, you can yes. include the own. Yes, we don't take sh- from nobody. So All I really like that. Two. So for those that were wondering if his math was off, no, it, it's not <laughs> off. He's talking to his offense as no, well. No, he did. He um, totally did. But in that same in that same statement, which I also love from J. Ron Curse, is he said that the offense they were giving it back. So he said, effective September 10th, opposing teams are going to have to take what the Cowboys' offense is giving and what the Cowboys' defense is giving. And it's an iron sharpens iron thing. And I continue to say, when iron sharpens iron, you get sparks. And when you get sparks, there's always going to be a chance for fire. The 
the good news is is that everybody came out healthy. Michael Parsons' hand is is a okay after those after the one two he threw the Tyler <laughs> Biadish. But to Harris's point, one thing I love because it's quiet as it's been kept. Tyler Biadish has been one of the more fiery competitors here yeah. in Oxnard, and I love it because. It feels to me as if, especially coming off of the Pro Bowl season, probably feels like he had to step up a little bit more in the absence of Zach Martin and controlling that interior, you know, flanked by young guys. Um, I feel like on a team full of hymns, Tyler Biadish is looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I'm him as well. I- I'm one of those guys. So it it smells like he's starting to wear the Travis Frederick cologne. Mm. And I like that a lot from Tyler Biadish because when you have an, a center who's willing to be the enforcer and stand up for his fellow linemen, sure. but then you have Zach Martin who's always willing to do it. Yeah. You know Tyron Smith's willing to do it. Terrence Steele is willing. So that offensive line, now you have five, your five best. Let me find out that your five best are all dogs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, now, now we're talking about keeping Dak Prescott clean. Now we're talking about buying time and, and carving open run lanes for Pollard and and Deuce and Rico and whomever else might be on the roster there. Um, so those types of practices, Kyle and I, we talked about it quite a bit yesterday. We were all smiles. Oh yeah, during the yeah. fights. I mean, we were ear to ear. We were showing all thirty. As long as everybody stayed healthy. Football. I, I worry about football. It's not healthy. a pillow fight, ladies and gentlemen. No. It's football. If those things weren't happening, the narrative nationally and within the casual fan bases of all 32 teams would be, oh, the Cowboys aren't ready to compete. They're soft. They, they're not. And then you'd say, oh, well, look at the Chiefs. They're competing and Kelsey's throwing hands. And look at this camp and this camp. But then as soon as the Cowboys finally spill over, now it's, oh, they're falling apart. They're not falling apart. They're as together as they've ever been, if not more so. I'll I agree. say this. I could have done without the second one just because the, the hands being thrown on helmets. Gosh. I, yeah, I could I do without the hands being thrown. On helmets. That is different if it's hands being Thank thrown. Thank goodness for the Guardian <laughs> hands cap. being thrown on helmets. Yeah, they had the, the, the soft cap. cap. Honestly, yeah. honestly, yeah. Thank goodness so for here, the helmets. So here's the question. <laughs> Were the hands thrown because the Guardian cap was present? And I say that because if it wasn't present, does Micah throw the hand? Sounds like we have a question in our I press wonder. conference. <laughs> Kudos to Sam William for showing what Mike Somebody McCarthy get in touch uh, with Micah. described. <laughs> what Mike McCarthy described uh, before practice as emotional discipline. Yeah. Sam Williams holding back that punch because no he and my, uh, Brock Hoffman were going at it yeah. in two previous reps before that happened, before that video that uh, that we all posted. Um, but when he went up, the, the restraint that shows me that Sam Williams is maturing and is evolving and that that's going to be big for him going forward you can see the entire first scuffle the the sam williams scuffle on training camp live and and you can watch the lead up even nick (laughs) even who's joining us in the second segment at one point was like if there was ever a time for a fight in training camp this would be that time and then guess what happened the next rep so uh yeah if you want to go back and watch it you've got that (laughs) patrick nosey walker has it on his twitter nick harris has it on his twitter i mean there's plenty of places to see it so I mean, overall, it's it's known that the, the the scuffles happen, and I don't even really like calling it a fight. Nobody got a punch that's why I landed. It a it's a scuffle. Kerf- that's what it, that's, it was. A yeah, that's Skirmish. exactly what it was. Skirmish. Skirmish. Skirmish Very if well you done. Will. If you will. So uh, my my next question, and by the way, send us some texts text line. Uh, Text and questions, 817-290-3298, the Talking Cowboys podcast. Text line, 817-290-3298. We're going to answer your questions coming up in the next segment. But, Pat, when you when you see that kind of intensity, you see that level of competition, and it tells you they're ready, even though they are hitting people with the same uniform on, at least a different color on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, but it tells you that they're ready to hit week one. Does that mean that they're focused, or does that mean that they're just chomping at the bit uh, yes. going into that first week? It's either one of those. I think it's a combination of the two. Um, in padded practices, while – let me put it this way. The reason yesterday was the most intense is because yesterday they were allowed to really, more so than ever, kind of go through the whistle, mm-hmm. right? Up to that point, there's been a lot of pulling your punches. Like some hits have been laid, but not the hits because you don't want to injure or potentially injure a teammate. So a lot of that pulling back and pulling your punches at the last possible second from a bunch of alpha men who have competitive juices and are basically dogs at their respective position, it shows that they're craving fresh meat to me. 
they're craving the thought of getting into New York and playing the Giants week 10 and, and hosting Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in week two. The, both sides of the ball, ladies and gentlemen, showed me yesterday that they're ready to see the other uniform. They're ready to line up in front of the other uniform and start disproving a lot of these narratives that are saying they're not ready to take the leap. They've heard all of this all offseason, all the outside noise. They're not ready to take the leap. The offense, yeah, they got Brandon Cooks, but the, the offensive line, all these questions. Toughness. Tyler Biadish says, oh, do you still have questions? Right? They're ready to start punching these other guys in the chest, uh, hopefully not in the helmet, but definitely yeah. in the chest and getting them out there. So, yeah, I love that they're craving fresh meat. I mean, these are a bunch of lions ready to, ready to hunt. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it was Curse that also said we're ready to see a, another opponent on the other side yes. of the field. So I, I, week one, week two, whoever, week 18, let, let's get let's it. Go. Let's go. Get, get into week 18. NFC Championship, Super Bowl, let's get it. Pat, all right, all right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I said it with my chest. You did say I'm it. Back on, talk yeah, back on the say, show and say it with your chest Thursday, baby. It, it is. Chest. Let's go. <laughs> we need to get Isaiah back here banging the chest. All right, who has been your practice standout? Patrick, I'll get yours in the third segment, but your practice stand out through the entirety of Oxnard. Who's your, your MVP, your MVP practice? Um, the easy choice is going to be Micah, so I'll go with the more uh, – well, I could say co-MVP, Micah Diggs as co-MVPs. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go with a little more challenging here. Um, uh, give me John Stevens, Jr. Mm. Just because I just – I can't shake how – how many waves he's making in that tight end room. And that decision at tight end easily is going to be one of the most, if not the most difficult roster cut down decision to be made, especially if John Stevens Jr. goes out against Seattle and plays well, goes out against Las Vegas uh, and plays well. Mm -hmm. I don't envy that conversation with Lunda Wells, Will McClay, Steven Jones, and Jerry Jones. So uh, John, John Stevens Jr., I mean – yeah, I love what he's bringing from the aspect of you come in, you're a young guy, a rookie no less, schoolmaker, second-round pick, Jake Ferguson, Peyton Hendershot, those are your three headliners, and comes in making enough waves to have you start looking at Hendershot, McEwen. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you are now having that conversation, yeah, that's that's a big deal for me. So just in the fact that you said you'll envy the conversation – I don't We're going to put you in the, I, I said I, 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 that's right. Yeah, you, you don't envy. I don't envy I'm going to put you in the conversation. You're going to play the role of Mike McCarthy here. Okay. You're going to play the the role of Linda Wells. Okay. I'm going to be the front office. Convince me who your four tight ends. I'm going to give you four tight ends. Who would those four guys That's be? not fair because Linda's going to one all five. Well, that's that's a, he, <laughs> can, he can try. Can, can I get try six? Convince me. He can try oh, and convince me to get five if he wants. You, so, can, you can convince me to get five if you want it. And but I, four is what I'm giving you. I think at this point, and I said it on on my hit with 105.3 FM, the fan this morning. I think at this point, it's time for everyone to start building out the practice squad as well, at least at the moment. Okay. Right. So you got 16 guys. So the Cowboys have done very well over the past two or three years, I think they've even led the league in, in retention for practice squad guys that were actually initially on their 90-man roster. So I'm confident the Cowboys can do so. So if I'm front office, Cowboys, I have that in the back of my mind. You're Wayne, who would have the better shot of clearing waivers and landing on the practice squad mm -hmm. versus who would not. That being said, I'm going to go, obviously, Ferguson, obviously, Schoonmaker, your rookie second-round pick. Sure. I'm, I'm keeping Peyton Hendershot. I don't think Hendershot's off this roster. Peyton Hendershot, I'm going John Stevens because I believe that I could get McEwen on the practice squad. So that's not me saying I don't want McEwen around. I believe we can keep him around. Even with three years of NFL experience. And, and one of the better blockers, I get it. But I wonder if, let me put it this way, if John Stevens, who his name is starting to, get some momentum behind sure. it nationally. Yep. If he goes out and has an even stronger game against the Seahawks and then he builds on that against the Raiders, how confident am I that he's going to clear waivers in a yeah. pass first, in a pass heavy league that is looking, that for, looking big for athletic tight big tight ends who can be red zone threats? Mm -hmm. That's more of a risk for me. So I, in that instance, I would keep John uh, Stevens as my fourth. And then I would talk to McEwen and say, hey, let's get you on practice squad. And then we'll figure it out thereafter, you know, as far as the elevations are concerned, because you have elevations from the practice squad. So that would be me. And I'm going to wait for Lunda to tell me. Yeah, what, what do you think, everybody. Coach Wells? Yeah, it, instead of talking in Lunda Wells' perspective here, I'm going to talk in Nick Harris's perspective. I like it. Um, 
I, I like that, but you need that blocking tight end. That's fair. You need the guy that you can rely on on second and three to That's pick fair. up the first down whenever you want to run to his side. So I'm keeping Sean McEwen so on the Jake roster. To, so tell Jacob Block better. <laughs> You're right. You're right, 100%. <laughs> and I will say, though, Jake has, has done looked, great has here at training well, camp and better. in the preseason game. Has he had an opportunity better. where he was uh, a lead blocking, I believe, from Malik Davis. So doesn't that and, take and was, McEwen down a look, bit in look, the conversation? Look, the way I see it, Ferguson – um, Schoonmaker. Schoon, yep. If he's fully healthy, I think that's that's a caveat in this entire conversation Fair. as well. Um, going uh, McEwen, mm-hmm. I, I want to have him and his reliable blocking on the field. Fair enough. And then I, I want that question answered from both of y'all, who has the higher upside from a receiving tight end, mm. who has more upside between John Stevens Jr. and Peyton Henderson? Ooh, that's, that's, that's two And your diff- answer is who stays on the yeah, team. Yeah, and that's two different things because they both have it. Um, John Stevens, longer – Bigger catch radius, um, bigger red zone threat. Paint him the shot quicker, mm-hmm. more speedy in the open. Better field. route runner. Better route runner. Bigger yak. That's the conversation. And I love what you pointed out as far as Schoonmaker's um, recovery from plantar fasciitis because there's also the possibility, knock on wood, that if he doesn't progress as well over these next couple of games as the Cowboys medical staff would like to see, maybe he starts the season um, on, you know, pup. on pup and then he's down for four games, which then the equation solves itself because now you have you uh, Ferguson, right. Schoon, yeah. Hendershot, and then John, and then four games in, then you have the conversation. And again. then you try and hide one of those right. guys on the practice squad once Schoonmaker so. comes yeah. back. And so. I, do you think that's even a possibility based off of what you've seen from Schoonmaker? Have you been underwhelmed by what you've it's seen? It's not that I've been underwhelmed, but um, I expected at this point his first practice in which he was activated, he was doing only individual drills. Yeah. Second practice, he did some some team drills, but it was cherry-picked mm. on purpose. But based on – these past few practices and then the game I expected where we are right now that he'd be further along in getting targets and the Cowboys really testing him as the re- the receiver component but I've not seen that yet so I wonder if <clears throat> it's not because it's not that I'm underwhelmed it's that I'm wondering if they're doing their daily assessment post practice and they're saying okay not quite yet for the full yeah. unleash and if that's the case and if that continues to be the case then yes it's a pup conversation uh, when it comes down to roster cut but again, we're having this conversation before the Seattle game. There are two more games to be played. There are at least three practices in Frisco to be had. We'll see how that progresses. I'm saying though that variable has to be a part of the conversation. And if it happens, then you already, you know, you got your four tight ends solved, and then four games down for school if that happens. But if it doesn't, uh, good luck. I want you to answer your own question. Of who has Who's the, the fourth upside? guy? Yeah, John Who's, Stevens Jr. You think so? Yeah, I think he has the more upside just because. I think the question that we had with moving him to tight end um, at the start of training camp, uh, the question we had as you know DallasCowboys.com people is, can he play in line? Can he put his hand in the ground, his nose in the dirt, and block outside? Yeah. And I've been really encouraged from him picking that up from Coach Linda Wells and applying it. And um, it's the first time he's done it in his career. Uh, even going back to high school, he was playing quarterback in high school mm-hmm. on offense at times. So, um, you know, for him to pick up a completely new position, learn that, uh, that's that's big time. I think that speaks to his upside. And then also his receiving ability. I mean, we saw in the game against Jacksonville but yeah. uh, even if you didn't see it in the game against Jacksonville maybe you've seen clips from training camp I mean this guy is a receiver first and I think if you want a guy that can stretch the seams a guy that can have a developed route tree uh, a guy that has those sure hands it's John Stevens Jr. and that's nothing against Peyton Hendershot I think he has a lot of upside and his receiving ability as well but it's a tough league and that's why it's the NFL and you know one guy I think is better than the other right now. Wow I like it said it with your chest on a Thursday Patrick Nosey Walker Nick Harris I'm Kyle Yeomans here on Talking Cowboys. And by the way, send us your text messages. We already have one from the Talking Cowboys podcast text line, 817-290-3298. It's the best one I've seen, honestly, from the time that we've been using the text line. It says Chris Beam for MVP. So Let's there you go. go. How about that? That, go, that is facts, facts right there. Yeah, <laughs> science. Beam's science. my fourth tight end, actually. Beam's the fourth Beam's tight the fourth end. Tight all right, end. sweet. Yeah, the, the biggest upside out of all of them. Patrick. It's been great having you back on the show, hey, man. man. It feels, feels great. feels like old times. It feels great, even if it's just for a moment. As we you know, go to switch up, Nick Eatman will tag in off the ropes here in a second. But uh, miss you guys. Yeah. You guys are killing it, as as always, as I knew you would. Um, I hate that, you know, with the trade, I've turned op. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, frenemies, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Friendly frenemies. Yeah. But seriously, I, not even. You guys are killing it, Nick Harris. I mean, that goes without saying. We talked about it offline. You are you are a certified BA. Can we say badass? Yes. Bro? Okay, you were certified badass. I appreciate um, that. So, how, <laughs> as always, superstar Isaiah, um, miss just having fun with you guys talking football. But this will not be the last time nope. that I tap in to talking. There you go. Um, so stay tuned for more because yeah. I just I can't stay away. These are my guys. Just feel free, whatever you want. Yeah. Just come on, stop on by. Gym's always open. Yeah. Get get a couple mm, pumps in. Mm. All right. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, Nick Eatman joins the show, and we'll answer your podcast text line questions 817-290-3298 more talking cowboys right after this todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products and discounts from partner brands ease your mind and let black rifle worry about your coffee supply go to blackriflecoffee.com to join the coffee club today cowboys fans after that move we've just coined the term rowdy replay let's roll back the tape okay there's our mascot rowdy cheering on the boys and now he's on his phone on his bank of america mobile banking app staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant erica bank of america's digital tools are so impressive cowboys fans just can't stop banking learn more at bank of slash can't stop banking erica is only available in the english language you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic they say champions are remembered but legends are never forgotten united ag and turf offers a winning lineup of john deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field legendary john deere tractors combines residential mowers commercial mowers compact construction equipment gator utility vehicles and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment united ag and turf the official ag and turf equipment supplier of the dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This portion is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Give us a text on the Talking Cowboys podcast text line, 817-290-3298. We already have some great ones on the text line already. Nick Harris and Nick Eatman. What's up? Nick and Nick. What's going on, guys? How's it going, Nick? It's going great. thought I'd fill in for Patrick here. Oh, yeah? What'd you, what did he say? Where'd he go? Uh, he was going to the press conference that hasn't started yet, so... Well, he, I think it was just an excuse Typical. to get out of to Typical. Dip, dip out. That's okay. We still love Pat. But <laughs> I mean, he he's, said, e- he's eating breakfast over there. No, is, he? It's, no. is it Quaker Oats? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, he got some Black Rifle coffee. Uh, all right, Nick, you're not on the break anymore because you've started Cowboys Storyline. Really cool podcast, by the Thank way. We, we both got a chance to go on there yesterday. That was fun. It was I was really trying to fun. kill 15 minutes. It was 24. That's what happens when you get the, the team involved. Chris Beam was over there going, okay, anybody else? It's hot. Gave you one of these. <laughs> Gave you one of those wrap-ups. If segments. I would have told him that Mickey was joining, he would have been like, no, 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 we're done. We're done. That's enough. Everybody uh, knows him. Well, uh, are you going to go 24 minutes today with your guest? Or uh... oh, I would think McCarthy would come in and say, stop that, if if that's the case. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be five, six, seven minutes. We'll see. Who is who is that guest? It's a pretty big name. Yeah, it's not. It's Chris Beam joining the show. Minutes. Yeah. yeah, Chris Beam's going to be here running it for sure. Um, you know, I... I I'm kind of superstitious, but I do. I, I am like all I'm saying is I'm looking forward to. Forward. Yeah, I think Dak's going to be on the show. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott finally. Um, I'll say finally, but you know we've been trying to get him on. Sure. It's like, well, not He's this week. Guy. Not this week. Maybe the third week. So I'll say this: 
that if it, it like the soon as the show is over with Dak and he leaves and then we finish it up, like this set is getting changed. Chris Beam was like, I'm only leaving this set up for, for Dak. Don't tell me any other players coming. I want to throw out another name. But anyone under Dak, I don't think so. What if yeah. I would have said, hey, Micah's coming. Would you have done it? Maybe. After the fight, yeah, after those okay. hands, yeah, after the hands were thrown, okay, that's fair, that's yeah. fair. That would have been pretty sweet too. No, this is this will be good. So, but it's been fun. It's been fun, kind of just talking with fans, talking with 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 players. The, the players thing. This is only a training camp deal. We know when we get back to the star, it's yeah. going to be uh, just just like fans and calls and and the text line, and it'll be a quick thirty minute in, in and out. Right after you guys, actually, yeah. I'll be I'll be seeing you guys every time. Oh, I'll cool. be like nice. I'll be like Chris. Let's go. I mean, get them <laughs> when, when, when we up, keep Kyle. talking through. Yeah, yeah, that that'll happen. And it's hard, man, with forty five minute shows. And you've got four people there, and especially after a game, I yeah. mean, that's it is hard. It, it goes stuck. by really quick. Yeah. So. No doubt about that. Uh, speaking of speaking to the fans, that's why we've brought you on because we're going to hit some of these questions right. on the text line. First one's from our good friend Mario in South Texas, who's a, a loyal listener. He says, "Does the rot- the new roster cut down without the staggered cut down? It goes from ninety to fifty three in one shot. Does that make it easier or more difficult for the coaches?" And I'll start with you, Nick. Um, I think it's easier for the coaches, not just for the cut down, but also to manage the game. You got to play the game. If you're just cutting down, you got that last preseason game and all that. I think it's better to to not have to keep guys that you wouldn't want to keep, but you need them because two guys at, at this position are hurt, so you have to play them. It's just roster management, I think, is better to do it all at once, in my opinion. The most important thing for me when it comes to evaluation is uh, data and context. And if you can have more data and more context, then that helps at the end of the day for sure. So I, I like going straight from 90 to 53. I think the staggered cut uh, maybe cuts some guys too soon at times. So, um, you know, having having those three preseason games, having the full training camp, uh, that's going to provide more context and give you more data towards what you're trying to figure out. It's always been... I mean, it feels like it just allows for more stress to build as it goes along because you're on the cut line and you've got a Tuesday before the second preseason game where you're, you're, the roster cutdowns are coming and you make the bubble. You got it. But guess what? You got two more weeks to get through after that. Right. It does. It, it, it provides for a little bit more stress, a little bit more, yeah. in, in, I guess, just overall anxiety with it. Uh, from a coaching staff standpoint, I think it would be harder – to reevaluate in the week as opposed to reevaluate and have that data and have everything you've had on the table whenever you make that roster cut down and you try and keep guys to the practice squad. I think it does make it yeah. easier. Y'all would know a little bit more here, but when was the staggered cut during training camp specifically? It was Tuesdays before preseason games, right? The Tuesday before the first preseason No, game? I think it was after the, after first, the first one, one. before yeah. the second So, I mean, one. Let, let's think about it on this roster right now. Obviously, we only have, like, two days since the staggered first staggered cut would have been. But, like, there are guys that are probably would have been cut on that staggered line who still have an opportunity in these next two weeks to move up and sure. get a practice squad opportunity. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm player first, and if I'm player first, then, then I'm always saying, yeah, we're, let's go from 90 to 53. Yeah, and, and just think, let's say that Zach – didn't come back this week Mm -hmm. and then so that you know if you have to make some cuts you're like okay well you know we don't have Zach here even though he counts to the 90 and so we we need a little bit more linemen there and then Edoga's hurt even though you know so then there's another spot so so you're keeping players at positions that you might not might not have in the past, but you need it for, for certain reasons just to get through games so I think it's better to do it all at once here. Have multiple questions on the text line would this one specifically is Joe from Florida would slash should the Cowboys bring in a veteran kicker to challenge Brandon Aubrey at the kicking position? Yesterday he looked pretty good. He only, he missed one field goal, and, I mean, it went to the left a little bit. But is that enough for you to feel confident in Brandon Aubrey, a kicker? You know, as of right now, I, I love the opportunity that he's been given to be solo and have it all onto him uh, to either win it or not. Um, we know what a veteran kicker can bring to the table because there's going to be a lot of context there. With yeah, I think we talked about it on Camping Out a couple of nights ago. Mason Crosby and Robbie Gold each they had a strong season last year by you know by by normal standards. So let Brandon Aubrey have the full opportunity. Um, you know, give him give him these kicks, give him these reps, and at the end of the preseason, then you evaluate. I 
you know, there's there is one roster spot open though, uh, with Vizcaino out of the picture now. So if they wanted to, that that spot is open. But I, I would personally like to see that used in another spot, at least during training camp. And then if Brandon Aubrey's not the answer, then you switch out Brandon Aubrey with either Crosby or Gold down yeah. the line. You don't, yeah, you don't have to bring a guy in and let him, you know, get acclimated or anything like that. He just, I don't think the to answer the question, I don't think a veteran's coming in in to compete with Aubrey. I think a veteran comes in if they decide he's getting the job. And like, yeah. if you're a veteran kicker why would you you know yeah if, if i mean if you know that you'll probably have an opportunity at some point during the season because you know kickers get signed and mm-hmm. dropped and signed all the time during the season sure. so you know if you're a veteran kicker like mason crosby or robbie gold i personally i wouldn't be like hey yeah i'm 40 let me go compete with this 23 year old for a couple weeks no that's true you know, you I, I get would, a lot of reps anyways you, you need to give them to aubrey yeah. you know yeah keep giving them to him and you know i think this is this will be a big test for me you know if it's i, I want to see a 45 48 yard field goal at seattle on the road crowd and all that i want to mm-hmm. see that type of kick for him i think he you know this is important for them to give him an opportunity to do that so maybe even the play calling is that way you know third and long at the 30 yard line i mean throw it deep or whatever get a touchdown if not let's get a long field goal well yeah. even uh, with it being seattle in a preseason game i mean that is a it's a hostile it's a loud environment it'll be a good test for him yeah and and the thing with brandon aubrey they don't need him to be the 50 plus guy they just need him to be the reliable guy under 49 you know with with this off or excuse me with this defense Mm -hmm. you can pin a team deep and just trust the defense down there to get the ball back you know around the same territory from where you punted it so you know they just need him to be reliable on pats and they need him to be reliable under 49 and if he can do that then man you can uh you got a contract buddy (laughs) i i I definitely uh, we said the exact same thing yesterday on on the break um it's like i don't i don't want a guy that's trying 60 yard field goals yeah. all that i don't even want to attempt the long 55 if i don't if i don't need to i'll punt it and play good defense and and get the ball back you know before you know it you know what the double-edged sword there's going to be though mike mccarthy oh he's too conservative as a play caller <laughs> True. I, I can hear it well, i can hear it you can argue yeah because then you could also come back and go well who cares if you miss the 55 yard or if you have this great defense you'll just stop them and you'll get the ball that's valid go. too yeah. that's honestly valid as well good so. point but i i like keeping i like pushing it back because i do too i think an offense is going to be a lot more conservative on their own nine-yard line with Micah Parsons on this side and, and, and you know, Tank and all these guys than, than playing at midfield. Sure. And so I, I, yeah. I would keep leaning on them and pushing them back, pushing them back. No, I've, I feel that completely, especially if you can have an offense that shows a little bit of life. I mean, use it. Use it while you mm-hmm. can because you know you have the defense on the other side of the ball. All right, again, multiple questions. This one's from Kenneth out of Port Arthur. He's asking – the West Coast offense normally carries a fullback. Do you think they're going to carry a fullback? And most notably, Hunter Lipke questions lining up the text line. Nick Harris. Yeah, shout out to this the PA. Port you. Arthur made a lot of stuff at Port Arthur Memorial <laughs> back in my day. But, um, I, you know, something that I found really interesting during the first preseason game, there were a couple of plays where Princeton Fant lined up as a fullback. Mm-hmm. And uh, that same exact question kind of popped through my head. It, does this offense need one? And, and whenever I started to think about it, where who, who gets taken off as far as from the 53? You know, what position group gets one slotted back? Um, and if someone does, then, you know, that's, that's going to be a tough cut. But I, I will say at Green Bay, Mike McCarthy, he figured out how to use a fullback. And, you know, I think going out and getting Hunter Lipke as the very first undrafted free agent, I think that was done because there was a plan for him. So sure. if they want to have a fullback on this roster, the fullback is on the roster. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see how they use him moving forward, though, because he hasn't been in that fullback role yet. You know, when he had the opportunity to be the fullback, it was Princeton fans. So... We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm actually very interested in that as well. Yeah, I, I really don't think there will be a fullback on the roster. I think it'll be another tight end. I think they, yeah. they love the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to have a hard time cutting Sean McEwen. Um, he's a player that kind of does that fullback role. They really like him. And, of course, you've got uh, John Stevens in, in the mix and, of course, Hendershot and, and, and the, other, the top two. It, it's gonna be, that's going to be a tough position right there that I think that will bleed over into the fullback role. I just, you know, and, and if Lipke's going to do it, like, we, let's, let's go. When, when, when is yeah. this going to happen here? I, I think, well, let's answer this question then. What do you want from a fullback? You want a guy that is, A, physical, uh, B can block, um, and C is athletic. Mm-hmm. Sean McEwen. Um, 
special Hell, teams even too. Luke Schoonmaker at times, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and special teams, absolutely. So I, I, you know, those guys got those chops. So you know, I think there's probably some double use you could take out of a tight end there. And you also, if you if you've got him on the roster, I'm not saying just any backup, but if you have a, a guy like we've seen with Connor McGovern, a backup guard or backup tackle, or maybe a defensive player that has a little bit of quickness to him. I could see that that yeah. may be happening from a fullback. You can kind of get the fullback done in different ways. We've seen some linebackers. I mean, they did it with Luke Gifford say, last they've, year, They've right? used it a, a couple different times. Connor McGovern was, was playing that, that fullback yeah. on the goal line package. I mean, they've had they've had you, ways to do it. I tell you, I don't know if he – I don't know if he's ever done it, but – Devin Harper wouldn't wouldn't be bad there because he <laughs> loves to hit. Comes yeah. downhill too. Yeah. Boom! Yeah. It's just those linebackers like that. I mean, I've seen it happen. There's a player by the name of Oliver Hoyt. I don't guarantee you guys have never heard of him. Nope. Oliver Hoyt. Like Chris two, Beam has. 2006 linebacker. They like moved him to fullback. Robert Thomas, a fullback. They call him Red Rock back in the day too. So it's a it's a good transition. I'm not saying a full position switch, but every now and again. I could see it happening. Yep. Playbook innovator Nick Eatman joining us here on Talking <laughs> Cowboys as he's looking for ways to find a fullback and More he's looking on the opposite side of the football. I like it. All right, when we come back, how has D-Law been faring? There's a big question up front about, of course, Micah Parsons has been unstoppable, but has Demarcus Lawrence turned some heads? We'll talk about that when we come back in our final segment on Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you back in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We have Nick Eatman. We have Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. I pointed at the wrong person, but don't worry. It was the right sentiment. It was fine. Don't worry. I got it here. Uh, We have a ton of questions on our Talking Cowboys podcast text line. It's been uh, a ton of fun. Uh, honestly, there are a lot of them. (laughs) So you've got plenty to go with uh, going into uh storyline story yeah. uh, here in a couple hours all right we have heard this is from tony and indy we have all heard that micah parsons has been unstoppable throughout training camp which is fair uh but i don't think i've heard demarcus lawrence's name a whole lot how is d law looking 
rushing off the edge, Nick Harris. So I'll say this, and I'll just regurgitate what Mike McCarthy said in his press conference yesterday because he was asked about this. He said since he has been here, this has been Demarcus Lawrence's best training camp. Mm. And he pointed to the um, the metrics that they take off of the devices that they wear during practice and how much energy they're exerting and uh, where they're putting that strength and, and those GPS systems. He said his numbers are off the charts. They're miles better than they've been in years past. And he said that's not to discredit what he's done in years past. So uh, as far as him applying and being fully healthy, I think this is a, a fully complete Demarcus Lawrence. He's he's battled injuries in the last couple of years, um, and uh, you know he's he's finally ready to put it all together this season. And as far as on field performance, I, I understand where, where people are coming from because you hear Micah Parsons' name every day. You even hear Mozzie Smith getting involved, also Digizua. But at the same time, you're never really going to know the full strength of an offensive lineman or defensive lineman until it's a live game setting and and you can see what they can do fully when it's you know not the two touch um, mm-hmm. a predicament that's that sometimes happens out here so man uh, wait till the season you know circle back on me week three week four if you have any uh, concerns about Demarcus Lawrence yeah he's just the guy that that stops the run better than than people think mm-hmm. and uh, I thought him making the Pro Bowl last year was a was a big credit to to that where people are understanding just the value that he brings. And if you're going to get three sacks in a game, do it on Monday Night Football like he did against the Giants. But, yeah, that works. But but for the most part, yeah, he's been kind of quiet. Now, he did get in there in that fight yesterday without a helmet. I yes, thought that was, that was one that, that yeah, he needs to, you know, he needs to, to be careful with that. But, you know, that, that was a tricky deal because, I mean, you know, you're standing up for your guys at the same time you're trying to, to you know, he, was, he helped Sam Williams kind of calm him down a little bit. Tank's been a guy that's been the one that's, had to be held back in the past. So. No doubt. And, and he's he's taken over the leadership role. Mm-hmm. You can see it. He's still very much so an extension of the coaching staff whenever it comes to some of these young guys. Even Micah, even Sam Williams. I mean, there's, there's been times when Demarcus Lawrence has been kind of the, the big brother in that room uh, in terms of the, the mental side of things. I liked the way that he came to Sam Williams' mm-hmm. def- defense yesterday because – just as Tyler Biotish was going to Brock Hoffman's defense and depleted Sam Williams in the process, Demarcus Lawrence didn't like the way that Biotish no. defended Sam Williams and, and was extra physical with Sam Williams. So the first person up there was Demarcus it, Lawrence, even without a helmet on. Yep. I guarantee the helmet wasn't on because D-Law was like, I'm not going to get in the mix here. I'm not going to be right, involved. Right, but he had to do it. But then as soon it, yeah. as that happened, he went straight forward and beelined right to the, yeah, the middle did. of the situation. I respect that a lot. I really mm-hmm. do. And I, I think – as long as you have guys like that, even if it's on your unit and you're playing against your own team, uh, when you have guys like that that are going to stand up for each other, what's going to happen whenever your 53 is playing a whole different 53? Oh, yeah. I think it completely shows the the type of camaraderie and, and teammate work that, that you would want from a championship-caliber team. And so I, I really liked that. That was a part of yesterday that I really liked, and Demarcus Lawrence was a big part of that. On the field, I think he's been – He's been solid. I, I don't think he's flashed as much as Micah has, but there's certainly a lot of times where you'll see 90 in the backfield too. Yep. And and that's a credit to him getting in the backfield, setting the edge, and really continuing uh, to, to press the issue as a pass rusher. I think he does a great job of doing so. All right, guys, from Brian in Colorado, do you think the front office front office is more likely to sign a veteran free agent guard or trade a defensive player for one if they needed some depth on the offensive line. We don't have to talk about specifics in terms of a trade, hmm. but which scenario do you think is more likely? I love likely? this question. I'll say that, but I'll All let right. Nick start. I haven't even come up with an answer yet. <laughs> That's why I'm letting you start. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done it either. Uh, um, I, I could see them trying to make a trade on from uh, trying to trade a defensive end before they or a defensive lineman before they just cut him. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, the numbers are just the guy that kind of I'm not gonna say messes it up, but because clouds it is 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 junior uh, Foco because yeah. you know he's not going anywhere and he I don't know he's probably not gonna be one of your top guys. They're gonna cut a player better than Fajoko. But they're going to keep Fajoko, obviously. So that's what's going to be tricky. I think they're going to try to trade someone. And, and then what do you get for that? Do you get another pick next year? Do you get a, you know, a veteran lineman? Do you get a running back? Do you get a kicker? I mean, you know, I, I, but I think it starts with just a surplus of defensive linemen, really, at the tackle position. You know, I, 
I, I think what's kind of interesting whenever we talk about you know trying to trade for guard depth, why not trade for tackle depth and, and let Tyler Smith stay at left guard if there is a problem there? You mm-hmm. know, I, I I would just say offensive line depth for, from a, a whole totality. And if it were me, I would like to see a trade from one of the depth defensive linemen. There's one name in specific in my mind, but I'm not going to say it, uh, that I would love to see traded because I think his value is at its peak right now, and I think it only decreases as every day goes by. So... Um, I would like to see that trade happen uh, just because I think you could get a guy that's a veteran that could step in if somebody does go down at either tackle or guard. So yeah. uh, that would just be my preference. Or like you said, a pick. A, 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 you know, they're already down one pick. They'll probably get it back. But they're already down one pick for next year's draft. But, you know, yeah. you can go ahead and get that one back too as well. I think it, it, I, y'all are spot on in, in the way that you're saying it. But also just from the market standpoint, if there's a good offensive lineman who's available to be a swing tackle or to be a, a second-string guard, he's in a camp somewhere at this point in oh, the yeah. process. I, I mean, yeah. they'll have the veterans like a Jason Peters who's on the side and he's just not doing anything. And there's there's a couple names, I think, that are very much so like that. But at least there's sure-thing offensive linemen that are going to be first- or second-teamers and the ability to be a starter at some point if things go wrong. They're in a camp. Like, teams yeah. – I have already snatched them up by this point. And, you, and, and they don't want to part ways with No, them. they just, do not. Just because it's a swing tackle on another team, I mean, that's a valuable position. Yes, it is. And so, yeah, it, that that you're going to get a lot – you're going to have to give yeah. up more than you think just to get a good line. They don't, they don't cut good linemen out there. No. Good linemen yeah. really aren't on the street unless they're 40. You may have to package a pick with – your defensive lineman that you're trying to I'm offer cool up that. there. And and I would be too because yeah. that's the value that you have. Most teams don't have five good offensive linemen. Almost no teams in the NFL have six. I mean, it would be one or two teams in the NFL maybe have six good offensive linemen. So I, trying to find that extra guy would, would take a, a I, good pretty pity. I think I would trade for more than anything. I think I'd trade for a running back. You think so? That's what I would do. I think that's more of a likely scenario. I think I would rather try and pick up some offensive line depth, but if you're talking about just, likelihood. Just not comfortable with the running back position. Not at all? No, not really. Would you rather trade for a running back or sign Leonard Fournette? So we can talk about that one. I would. That would make me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, Man, I mean, I, I, the running back situation I think is so fluid, and yeah. I, I, the fact that it's still fluid going into a preseason week two, and that any of these guys can still win the job. A, that speaks to the competitive, the competition level, but also B, I think that does speak to your point a little bit too that it's a little bit of a concern. And you know, yeah. I'm. We've talked about it with Mike McCarthy ad nauseum. Can Tony Pollard be that 15, 20, 25 carry guy on a week-to-week basis? He's confident in it. And, you know, I I, I can't knock him if we haven't seen it, but I, I worry about him taking that yeah. much load every single week. I would like to see a guy that can at least take – eight carries off of that that load every week and I think Leonard Fournette would be a great addition to that room to do that yeah. but also I think Rigo Dowdle has an opportunity to do that I think Deuce Vaughn has an opportunity to do that so and maybe you know, they we'll can, see sorry maybe they can just get through the first couple games I mean Ronald Jones there was a couple moments out here at camp that I, I not many because I mean he did get hurt but but I you know there was that at least one practice a couple days after the, of the, the suspension did a really nice job and I, I was like okay I really I see I see the, the he's like a complete back, you know, the speed, quickness, burst, patience, but you got to get through those first two games. So. Yeah. Would you? I mean, last year, Leonard Fournette was on a one-year, two million dollar deal. I mean, that's all he was paid last year. Do you? I mean, I think that would be an easy signing for me. Yeah. To just provide some of the the depth. Even if it's at that same contract, and a lot of people probably wouldn't do that since he's 28 years old and he's going yeah. into his age 29 season. Here's a problem that, I, that it's, a, it's a good problem to have. But what is what is Deuce Vaughn going to be able to provide in, as a special teams player covering kicks? Actually, technically it was like $6.9 million yeah, with the signing two, bonus. Two yeah, two low. sounded a little low. I, I had to like, go back into it. Yeah, it was a $2 million, two <laughs> million base, yeah. base salary, $6.9 million. Yeah. Okay. So let's say it's half that. Yeah. Half that. Or okay. even even – Three fourths of that. Yeah. I think I would still be okay with it. But but I think I think Deuce is he gonna you know, usually your third running back's gonna have this role where he does a lot of stuff on special teams. I don't know if they're gonna put Deuce in that role. So mm-hmm. my point is if you get a veteran running back like a Fournette 
Tony's not playing special teams. Fournette's probably not playing special teams. And Deuce isn't playing special teams to the to the level that you normally would have a third running back play. So that that's going to cause kind of an issue there. I, that's why I see uh, a Malik Davis or a Dowdle taking that number two spot because it probably still would help on special teams. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I, I mean. Deuce has been getting so much work at personal protector, uh, which has been interesting. I, I think it's almost baptism by fire at times <laughs> to give him some uh, some reps and covering, uh, whether that be blocking for a punter or blocking for a quarterback. So I think he's the backup. You think so? Deuce you think Long? he's RB two right now? I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna let give him that opportunity to be that guy. I'll say this. I, I think. I think a lot of people want him to be, and I'm yeah. not talking about the fan base. Yeah. I think a lot of people want yeah. him to be, um, and, and I think that's why they throw him into those situations as far as being on the personal protector side uh, on on the punt unit, um, giving him all those opportunities in the second half to just kind of run with it. Uh, he got a quarter and a half of play mm-hmm. on a, on Saturday, and you know when you have four guys that are trying to get carries, that's that speaks yeah. volumes. Even if he didn't start the game, so think about. We'll How see. many young guys are in college football right now that probably you know taller than him, but but still really short and all that. Like like you know it happens all the time, but it's just it's surprising a little bit to watch what he did and to think that he lasted that long. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, I get Danny Woodheads of the world, you know guys small college, but not someone at Kansas State who's one of his main highlights is ripping through Alabama's defense. Yeah, you know so. It translates to the NFL. It's it's really surprising that he lasted that long. I, I will say this: he is he has started to uh, cause the college football landscape to look for the next Deuce Vaughn. If if you're not familiar with Relique Brown at USC, that's the next Deuce Vaughn. Huh. So how tall? There's a uh, five foot seven. Yeah, so he's he's a little bit taller. Little bit you know, he's gonna ha- he's gonna get on the roller coaster, but he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was that was a little much. That's but uh, <laughs> but uh, but he's he's really like he's lightning in a bottle, and he's he's a track guy first too, which uh, I think translates as well. I don't know if I expected that that mental image that we just heard <laughs> from That's from Nick Harris. That was good. That was good. But uh, I, I feel bad. I'm excited. Yeah. No, you're good. I I'm excited to see what he has in Seattle. I, I'm excited to see what Deuce continues to do as as we go along. And there's plenty of questions still to be answered in the running back room. Should they go get the outside guy? Should they stick with who they've got stick it out with ronald jones and whenever he's back and healthy and then back from the suspension see what he has as well i mean there's plenty on the table for this running back group and it's not going to be solved this week and it won't be solved maybe hopefully it'll be solved by the third preseason preseason game but i don't even think it'd be solved by that point but that's going to do it here for us on talking cowboys you've got the mike mccarthy press conference coming up here in a little bit as the cowboys prepare to have a mock game on the field final time they'll take the field here in oxnard before traveling to seattle it'll be bill jones isaiah Stanback, myself on the call with nick eatman down on the sideline for that broadcast on saturday 9 p.m central time kickoff that does it for us on talking cowboys for nick eatman for Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next time. We get the walk-off This music. has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?